Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. Today's homily highlight from Father Bill Moissant, pastor at Resurrection Church in Tualatin. St. Peter tells us in our second reading this morning from his second letter, we are not lying, we are not making up fables, we're not telling stories. What we are doing is testifying. We are witnesses to what happened on Mount Tabor. As we heard in the gospel, Jesus is taking Peter, James, and John up a mountain. Tradition is that it's what is known now as Mount Tabor. People from Oregon would not think of that as a mountain. It's not like Mount Hood or Mount Rainier. We would think of it as a hill. Pretty tall hill, but still a hill. Uh, it's mounded. It'd be like if you took dirt and filled a cereal bowl and then just dumped it upside down on the ground and it makes a mound. That's the shape of Mount Tabor. And it is there that Jesus is taking them and they will have this mystical experience that we call the transfiguration. Jesus is transfigured before them, becomes white as light, and a bright light shines around them. As we heard in the gospel then, the disciples hear a voice. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is the second time that this voice has been heard in the gospels. The first time was at Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. But they have, that might have very well been a private experience for Jesus. There's no indication the crowd heard that voice, said something similar, that you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Scholars say that that might very well have been news to Jesus. He didn't know that hard to know what did Jesus know and when did he know it. But these incidents just don't happen. They serve a purpose. The baptism, the purpose of the voice was to tell Jesus something. Give him news. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And now we hear the voice again on Mount Tabor. But it's not addressed to Jesus this time. It's addressed to the disciples. The voice is speaking to the disciples this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The voice says to the disciples, listen to him. So he's, the voice isn't addressing Jesus, it's addressing the three disciples. Listen to him. There are two figures in this vision that the gospel writers describe, and that is Moses and Elisha. Don't know how they figured out who these two people were. Maybe it's the way they were dressed. Moses and Elijah were appearing with Jesus in this vision. And they're talking to him. They're having a conversation. Peter, James, and John are watching this go on, and Jesus is having a conversation with Moses and Elijah. They're just talking. Disciples are very much afraid. 
as they are many times in the gospel in dealing with Jesus. And the cloud comes over them, they hear the voice, and then all of a sudden they look up and everything is gone. Everything is back to the way it was. And Jesus is standing there. He touches them and tells them to get up and don't be afraid. This was a huge event, huge event. They saw Jesus just for a moment in all his glory. It would be as if the angels came and ripped a little hole in reality that we could see as a screen. They ripped a little hole in it and all this bright light shone through the reality of heaven. He showed Jesus for a moment who he was and then the hole's closed, white light's gone. Father Raymond Brown, who's a Sulpician priest and a very famous Bible scholar, once uh, said in a presentation that I listened to when I was in the seminary that his reading of this account of the transfiguration is that Moses and Elijah serve a very definite purpose. There's a reason they are there talking to Jesus because they have been sent by the Father to give Jesus news that Jesus did not know at that moment. But now he has the news. They come and tell him, what does the Father want? What's going to happen? That's why at the end of this experience, they're coming down from the mountain and Jesus says, don't tell anyone about this vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Disciples say, what? They don't know what that means. It's a foreign concept to them, being raised from the dead. The reason Jesus says that, Father Brown says, is that he's just found it out himself. This is news to him. What's happening is that Moses and Elijah are telling Jesus, okay, the Father's calling you to Jerusalem, so get going. <clears throat> you're going to go to Jerusalem, you're going to die there, you're going to suffer, but then you will be raised on the third day, raised from the dead. So Jesus is sharing that with them as something he just found out. And then that's exactly what happens. They go to Jerusalem. <clears throat> Jesus is crucified, has a horrible death, dies on the cross. But in three days, the Spirit comes to roll aside the stone and bring Jesus to new life, raise him from the dead. And so the Gospels present these two events, and they are interrelated. One, transfiguration. Jesus in all his glory. Second one, crucifixion. Horrible way to die. And what the Gospels do then is merge them. Merge them into one image. Transformation, transfiguration, death on the cross. And then Jesus is presented in the Gospels as reigning from the cross. Because in the eyes of the early church, those two events come together. Jesus on the mountain, Moses and Elijah and the three disciples, and then he's on Calvary. It's not a mountain, it was a hill. But the two come together so that Jesus is experiencing his death 
in a way that relates with the transfiguration. We too are called to be transfigured. We're called to be transfigured as disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus was a disciple of the Father. Jesus never asked us to do something he wouldn't do. He's a disciple of the Father, and he's called to fulfill the Father's will. So we're called by Jesus as his disciples to do the Father's will, just like he did. But we do it differently. We're called to live it, not to die it, but to live it. Live it as how we spend our lives, how we treat other people, how we uh, develop our relationship with God in a very personal level how we reach out to others. We're shining lights in a culture that lives in darkness. St. Peter in that letter tells the community to listen to what he's saying about the transfiguration. There were witnesses. He says, we are witnesses of these things. There were three of them. The law said you had to have at least two to make a factual point. In this case, they have three, so they have more than enough. They're witnesses. This really happened. And we're called then, as Jesus is revealed as the Father's Son in this transfiguration. So we too are called to be revealed as children of God. St. Peter says it's as if there's, you're living in a dark room, just pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face. Then suddenly there's a lamp, a lamp, and it's lit. And in that darkness, he says, I want you to listen to what I'm saying in a very attentive way that you would look at that flame. You would look at that light. Because someday the dawn will come won't need the lamp. It's light. And Jesus, who is the light, who is the morning star, rises in our hearts. That occurs because we're living out Jesus' life each day. We don't live in darkness. We show the light. We show the light of Jesus by how we live. And so we too then, at the end of our lives, we too experience the light coming, the dawning, dawn of the day. Don't need the lamp anymore because we have Jesus as a morning star rising in our hearts. And that is another beautiful homily from Father Bill Moissant, pastor at Resurrection Church in Tualatin. If you would like to listen to that homily again or any of our great locally produced shows, head over to MatraDayRadio.com. You can see all of the podcasts there on the homepage. You can also get the full program schedule. Of course, you also have access to all that information right at your fingertips on the Hail Mary media app.